We welcome to the show a rising conservative star in the U.S. Senate, Senator Roger Marshall of the great state of Kansas. Senator Marshall, thank you, sir, for coming on. We appreciate it. You you bet, Larry. I'm honored and can't can't wait to hear the conversation. I always learn something every time I listen to you. <laughs> well, you're very kind. Look, I, first of all, I want to begin with an, an apology to our listeners uh, talking about this crazy misinformation governing board and um, the Ministry of Truth, which was coined by George Orwell, writing about communism, Soviet communism. And I said, the books are written in the early 80s. That is completely false. My apologies, my bad. <clears throat> the two famous books on uh, suppressing truth and ending free speech and attacking communism. The first one was Animal Farm, and that was written in 1945. And the second one, his masterpiece, was called 1984, and that was written in 1949. So I want to apologize to everybody who heard that. I looked it up. I knew it didn't feel right. But, Senator Marshall, uh, this is a remarkable turn of events, this uh, disinformation board, uh, which some people are calling the Ministry of Truth, which is what Orwell uh, had in his book. And I've got to get your take on that. I know you're going to hate it the way we all do. But the question, sir, now is how to deal with it, how to stop it. You know, it's got this crazy nutcase woman who's running it. It sits in uh, Secretary Mayorka's office inside the Department of Homeland Security. So what you think and how can we uh, how can we erase this thing? Yeah, Larry, certainly as I talk to folks back home after inflation and after their safety and security, their God-given constitutional rights are traditional Kansas values are what they're concerned about. And this is one more attack on this administration of those values, whether it's uh, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Uh, w- w- they're being attacked, uh, and they're not even making apologies about it. So we'll do everything we can to fight it. Of course, we can attack it through legislation um, and through lawsuits as well. But really, we need a a change in the White House. We need a change uh, in Congress as well. Who could control the legislation, the the agenda mostly? Yeah, you know, you're right about that. I mean, the cavalry is coming. We'll sweep Congress. You could, Senator Marshall, uh, explore and investigate defunding it. I mean, you could defund it. you, you could defund it through the appropriations process. That's one way. But I, I'm wondering, you know, holding hearings would probably be very useful also, some oversight. Exactly. And I think that we have to have the gavels in our hand for those issues to really make a difference. Yeah. The chairman of the committee basically sets the determination, who are we going to provide oversight, what type of hearings. But you're absolutely right. We still do have the power of the purse, and Congress needs to uh, seize the day and start doing more of that. You know, a couple of the the scary stuff here. I mean, look, I don't have any trouble if you're protecting the U.S. from a Russia cyberspace attack, which they have done. But, you know, Mayorkas, uh, before Congress, Mayorkas talked about this um, governance, misinformation governance board regarding elections. Really? Elections? And then he also has talked about it regarding education. You know, Senator, the education thing kind of reminds me of, you know, parents are domestic terrorists, right? Because they uh, don't want school boards and the teachers union to uh, tell them all about uh, sex and gender and 
critical race theory for five-year-olds. I mean, that education thing and the election thing uh, really was a scary, uh, a scary, scary topics. You're right, Larry, and you probably know that I'm an OBGYN. I've helped so many young ladies through some troubling times as adolescents, and even with as much experience as I had dealing with it, I don't think I'm qualified to talk about transgender issues uh, to, to young kids or to teach a class or, you know, how do you deal with gender dysphoria, realizing that 80% of the people that have this gender dysphoria uh, grow out of it, so to speak, and they're glad they didn't do any irreversible surgeries or take irreversible hormones. And I want to share with, with you one of the things that we are doing. We're uh, sending a letter to the TV Parental Guidelines Monitoring Board to, to try to push back on uh, Disney a little bit here, where Disney is saying they're going to start having pro-transgender issues brought through so, through their programming as well. Uh, really, parents uh, feel like we should be in control of teaching sex ed. I understand we need to teach biology in ninth grade or so, but this is such a, a hot-button issue. We want local parents, local school boards to be in control of this, certainly not the White House. Yeah, well, certainly not the Department of Homeland Security, I would think. I mean, that's a little bit beyond their bound. I mean, the whole idea here, Senator, you know, it's suppressing free speech. Isn't that where this is going? And I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think it's a coincidence that this um, uh, misinformation governing board surfaces, you know, right after Elon Musk is taking over Twitter to open up free speech on social media. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think this is a stupid political ploy by the White House. You know, absolutely. Uh, my wife has been suggesting this for several years. We need conservatives, and maybe in this case it's a little more of a libertarian, uh, purchasing some of these national media so we can have free speech. And the question I would have for my friends across the aisle, what civilization in history had progress succeeded by suppressing speech, by suppressing thought? I've always believed that you and I get together with some of our friends, and we, we throw out different ideas. We debate it, and together we come up with a better plan. And you know, even just the thought of if you and I were on this board, you know, I, I think there, I, I would be, we would struggle to agree on what is disinformation. We need to err on the side of more information, not less. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I would say kill the board. I would say save yeah. America, kill the board. All right. There you go. That's, that's where I'd go with that one. I, we'll see how we can do. Now, what Mayorkas ought to be doing with the Department of Homeland Security is protecting our border and closing our border. And that's what he's not doing because, of course, he subscribes to Biden's open border. Now, that leads me to another topic, and that is the whole business of Title 42. Where does that stand, Senator, and can, can that be beaten? Well, you know, the courts are at least standing up for us, but I'm assuming that the White House is going to ignore the court order and proceed on May 23rd. And on May 23rd, the number of people crossing the border is going to double or triple. And I want to bring this home for your listeners. Kansas, the state of Kansas, has 3 million people. Since Joe Biden was sworn in, three million people have been apprehended at the border, and maybe twice that many have crossed. Since Joe, Bo Joe Biden was sworn in, six tons of fentanyl 
have been captured, and again, maybe twice that much got across the borders. I just learned two days ago, one of the uh, young boys I delivered 15 years ago overdosed from fentanyl. We had two boys uh, overdosed from it's, it's really it's Percocet laced with fentanyl uh, that mm-hmm. overdosed in Kansas. Twenty five hundred uh, cases of overdose. People need to realize that one teaspoon of fentanyl could kill two thousand people. So th- this administration is derelict in their duties. You know, people back home, I go to these town halls and they say this is treason, that these people uh, should be impeached. Uh, at first, I thought, well, that was a little aggressive, but they're right. Uh, they have turned their back on national security. This administration has basically opened the floodgates and said, come on in, and along with you, your terrorists, uh, your drugs, all these issues which you've been talking about. Yeah, you know, you think my Arcus would deal with the border and not worry about misinformation for education and elections. I mean, that's just that's just the strangest part of the story. But then again, he's just doing Biden's bidding, bidding which is really a far left open borders uh, agenda. Senator Marshall, is there any way? I mean, there are a lot of Democrat senators who uh, are furious at ending Title 42. Uh, I know that Senator Haggerty, Republican Senator Haggerty, has thought of an interesting idea of if you get rid of Title 42, replace that with an anti-fentanyl campaign as a means of keeping the border closed. Uh, legislatively, sir, is there any uh, optimism, is there anything that leads you to believe this can uh, be stopped? You know, there is. I think that we're basically committed as a Republican caucus that whatever is next on Joe Biden's agenda has to include, along with it, legislation that would keep Title 42 in place. So rather he wants more money for COVID, if he wants to repurpose some monies, what he wants to do in Ukraine, we want to make sure that we solve this problem as well. So that's the gun we're putting at his head. Uh, This is a priority for us. You know, again, people back home in Kansas, biggest concerns are inflation. And number two is their safety and security. And this safety and security begins at the southern border. This is the most immediate national security threat to people in Kansas is this open southern border. So it is a priority for us. So you could uh, try to keep putting riders on various bills. Is that the idea? You got it, Larry. So if he he wants to repurpose some $10 billion from unused COVID funds, uh, we're going to say, okay, that's great. But then we need to have a vote on this Title 42 amendment as as well. And I think that we do have the Democrat votes to keep it in place until they do figure out a way, like you're describing, what is the next step? And certainly what Mayorkas has presented is going to make the situation worse. If you use the Mayorkas plan and you stop Title 42, the number of people are going to cross the border on May 23rd is going to double or triple. I plan on being at the border that day. I'm taking sheriffs from Kansas with me, and we'll Mm. let America see firsthand what really is going on there. Yeah. All right. Senator, can um, you be patient with us? I got to take a quick commercial break. Uh, On the other side, I want to talk about government spending. I want to talk about this crazy competition with China bill or whatever it's called and a few other matters. We'll just be a quick commercial break, folks. We are talking to Senator Roger Marshall uh, from the great state of Kansas. As I said, truly one of the rising conservative stars in the Senate and the GOP. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back after this quick message. Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. 
listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Racket Report. Jeff Schumacher, he is the vice president of exhibits and programs of the Mob Museum. I find that there's something to this museum, whether you're something of an expert in mafiology or whether you're a total newcomer learning about this stuff for the very first time. Is that your experience? There are people who have just seen the movies, they've seen The Godfather, they've seen Goodfellas, they've seen Casino, and so they have a fairly, you know, light understanding of what really happened. What we try very hard is to appeal to them to say, here's how it really went down. Here are some of the stories that you may not have heard of from the movies. And then if you're someone who has read a lot of books, you really understand this stuff, maybe you're even involved in one way or another, we think that we are still going to satisfy your desire to learn more. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. I let go of trying to control things that I had no control over, and that helped me find peace of mind. Alcoholism is a disease that can affect any family. Everyone suffers, but there is help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. I was constantly stressed and worried. Now, I approach each day with joy and gratitude. In Al-Anon, families and friends of alcoholics find new ways to heal from the effects of a loved one's drinking. Al-Anon gave me my life back. I'm a better father and husband. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Local and virtual meetings are available. Maybe one could work for you. For information, call 1-866-200-0033 or visit alanon.org slash hope. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with uh, Kansas Senator Roger Marshall about one thing or another. We're talking about the... uh, Board of Misinformation, but I want to move on. Senator, one of the uh, issues here that troubles me so much, I mean, we're talking about big inflation numbers that were just reported this past week. The uh, basic inflation rate that the Federal Reserve watches is running at 8%. Uh, So much of this comes, as you know, so much of this comes from government overspending and borrowing and then money printing to finance it by the Federal Reserve. But look, there's this bill that is driving me crazy, sir. Uh, it's, some, it's the Compete with China bill or some such thing. It has different titles. Uh, the Senate version had a, a $250 billion price tag. The House version had a $350 billion price tag. I believe it is now in conference, and they're going to try to work things out. I do not understand with an 8% inflation rate, why we would want to continue this rapid spending. That's the problem, not the solution. And anyway, why do we need a bill that, first of all, spends a lot on Green New Deal type stuff, has nothing to do with China, and second of all, is uh, really subsidies, uh, corporate welfare, industrial policies, not going to do anything to help us compete with China. What is the disposition of this bill? And, and how can, rep- I mean, there's, a, I hate to say it, but there's a dozen, 15 Republicans who voted in favor of it. They shouldn't be anywhere near this bill. Yeah, Larry, I agree with you. First of all, this is very inflationary. Um, 
and I'm disappointed. Republicans need to look in the mirror and say, when is enough enough? This legislation started off as $50 billion, five zero, when it was mm. presented to me about a year and a half ago. And they said, would you be interested? Well, yeah, it makes sense. We certainly want to bring that supply chain home. And the next thing you know, well, if you get Texas votes, we need another $50 billion. Oh, we're going to bring California, and that's going to be $50 billion. Well, what's Chuck Schumer sweetener in this? Well, lots of research for all the universities in uh, New York having something to do with the Green New Deal slash building uh, uh, semiconductors, right? So it's just it's well too much. Uh, this is what happens when the federal government gets involved. They're not very efficient with the monies. And, and like you've been talking about on your show for weeks now, this is already happening. There's been private investment in this industry. Uh, the, the market figures it out. We do need to bring these resources here. Taiwan uh, makes about 90 percent of these of these products. They realize that they have too much bottled up there at home, and they're very interested in bringing some of their companies over here. So it's happening already. Another bill you've got to help us kill. You know, I right. So yeah, take the look. The, the Taiwan Semiconductor Company. It's a great company. It's the world's leader in so-called commodity chips. Not the advanced design stuff that, say, a Qualcomm would do. Qualcomm is a very fine company. And by the way, I had dinner with the CEO of Qualcomm not too long ago. He he doesn't really want this bill. But the other points you raised. The the Semiconductor Trade Association itself has said that there's over $200 billion of private investment money, not government, private investment money, that is already going in to the semiconductor chip industry. They are building new plants. They're building new plants. And in fact, you're right. Uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, for example, has come build a plant in uh, Arizona. Uh, I think they got something going in Texas. They may have something going in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. But my point is, why not let the innovative private sector, the entrepreneurial private sector, do this? How in the world can anybody justify a $300 billion bill, which, by the way, has so much garbage in it, Senator Marshall. I mean, I, the Green New Deal stuff. I mean, I haven't seen the final totals uh, yet from the uh, cloakrooms, but <laughs> this thing has very little to do with semiconductors. You're right, Larry. Again, I would emphasize probably $50 billion of the 250 on our side has something to do with more semiconductors. Um, and this is your message that you've always preached. It's the first time I've heard you is that the economy, the markets figure out the best way to allocate dollars. They're very much more efficient. Uh, you and I both have seen this in D.C. I've only been there for five years, but uh, we send our tax dollars to D.C. About 80 percent of it disappears and then 20 percent of it goes back out to the communities. It's just not a very efficient way to do business. Um, there's other ways we, if we need to incentivize some of these projects through tax incentives or, or uh, tax breaks, I understand that. But let's, let's, uh, let's kill this bill. It's just too much money, too much pork in it once again. Well, you know, you could do stuff like um, keep taxes and regulations low. I mean, you could make uh, the Trump tax cuts permanent, for example, slashing the corporate. You know, the only decent part of the economy right now is business investment 
which I think has something to do with the Trump tax cuts, which have not yet been repealed. Biden has failed to do that. We saved America and killed that bill. I think the bill's going to stay dead, build back better. I mean, those are the things. Incentives matter, Senator, right? I mean, not government spending and subsidies and corporate welfare, but, you know, let's have a level playing field and let's be a, um, let's be a hospitable home to investment. Yeah, Larry, the tax, the Trump tax cuts saved the average Kansas family $2,000 per family. The mm-hmm. Biden inflation tax is going to cost Kansans $5,000 per year per family. So it's a $7,000 flip, uh, what we're looking at right now. And what no one is talking about is regulations. People are asking, mm-hmm. why did the GDP flip this first quarter? And I think all this regulation that Joe Biden has instituted is now causing the the economy to begin, once again, very inefficient. What President Trump and your administration was able to do, uh, unwinding so much of the regu- many regulations, Joe Biden has now put all of those into place and more so in his first year. Uh, I think people underestimate the impact of regulations on American business. So the sort of begs the larger question, Senator Marshall. We've got to cut spending, freeze spending, not military spending, but domestic spending, which continues to skyrocket and is one of the principal sources of that $5,000 inflation tax you referred to a moment ago. I mean, it seems to me the GOP has to have a vision uh, to freeze spending, hold down taxes, uh, boost fossil fuels. I mean, Kansas is a very important uh, oil and gas producing state, and the war against fossil fuels. Uh, I don't understand. My friend Mitch McConnell, and I really like Mitch McConnell. I've known him, I don't know, close to 40 years. He doesn't seem to want to have a roadmap for what you all would do if you do take the Senate back. Uh, Rick Scott would like a roadmap. Newt Gingrich wants a roadmap. Kevin McCarthy wants a roadmap. I want a road. Not details necessarily, but... I mean, wouldn't it be a good idea if the GOP says we're going to stop all this frivolous spending in order to hold down inflation, that we're going to freeze domestic spending, that we might actually be looking 10 or 15 years down the road at a balanced budget? Wouldn't it be good to, like, talk about those principles? Absolutely, Larry. But I don't think we can talk enough about what Joe Biden has done. That he's made our, uh, that he's driven up inflation, he's ruined the economy, that our families are no longer safe and secure, he's taken away our God-given constitutional rights. But, but beyond that, of course, we do need a plan. And I think we talk about that every day on the, on the Senate floor and in our press conferences as well, that we do think that fiscal responsibility is part of the long-term solution. Um, so I, I hear exactly what you're saying uh, we've got to thread this needle pretty pretty good right right now, but I think we all understand that what this election about is Joe Biden's failures. No, I believe me, I understand that very much. Um, the Biden administration, the whole thing is a, is, is a is a board of misinformation. I I get that, and he's he's you know I mean it's just interesting to me. You look at his polls, uh, Senator. You, the country is essentially rejecting Bidenism. I mean, that's really, in that sense, 
I find some optimistic uh, solace. Do you follow me? I mean, if his polls were in the you know mid to high 50s or low 60s, I'd be very depressed. But his polls are in the low 30s. And that tells me that America rejects this big government socialism. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, Larry, you know, one is this like people surrounding Putin or telling Putin what he wants to hear or people surrounding Joe Biden telling him everything is fine. Um, yeah. Look, this country, we're ready to turn things around. Uh, we're, we're done with Joe Biden. We're done with his policies. We're ready to move right. forward. We appreciate your leadership. Thank you, Senator Roger Marshall. Terrific stuff. Good luck, sir. Look forward to speaking to him.